0: NFT? WTF? We'll get into it after the intro. So the dilemma is this, how are artists and creators like us, who are never taught the complexities and insider knowledge of the entertainment and arts distribution business, who take all the risks while the middlemen reap the lion's share of rewards, how do we take control of our artistic destiny, grow an audience of raving die-hard fans, and manifest financial freedom for ourselves and our families, and yet still have time and energy to consistently release culturally meaningful creations? That is the quandary, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Jason Brenizer, and welcome to Your Phenomenal Future. Hey, everybody, this is Jason Brenheiser with the Phenomenal Future Podcast, PFP. Uh, Really happy to have you here with me in uh, my car. You're listening to me from the past. I'm talking to you from the future. I uh, love that that's even a possibility. It's only been 100 years or so where that has been something that could be done. Not very long in the history of the human species, so it's awesome to be alive with all this technology and it's just getting faster and faster today um i really wanted to talk a bit about the basics of what the heck an nft is uh you may have heard about this in in the uh kind of digital art world where people are are selling jpegs for ridiculous amounts of money i'm talking i'm talking i don't know buying a picture of a cartoon ape for a million dollars that someone else could actually just copy the image and use you're like what why why does that even work why, why do people value that kind of thing but we're going to back up a little bit and uh, really start from the, the beginning here so bear with me if you know all of this already um, but uh, if you're an expert already and you know people that just don't quite get it this might be the podcast episode for them so I'll just say share this with uh, some friends or family that don't quite get it yet when it comes to blockchain, cryptocurrency, and especially NFTs. So let's go straight to the uh, the acronym, non-fungible token. I don't know if that's any more helpful than just calling something an NFT for most people, but what is a non-fungible token? One of the best ways that I can describe this to uh, people who are not so interested, <laughs> not interested, <laughs> not educated, uh, in this is, is let's, I'm going to go back to trading cards. Okay. Um, so I'm just, just, you know, back in the day, I mean, you could probably still buy them today, but let's just say you're a kid and you at the drugstore bought a package of baseball cards and uh, maybe you got 10 of those in a little package. You paid a certain amount of money for it and you didn't know exactly what you were going to get you could've gotten your favorite pitcher or you could've got you know, newbies that you didn't care about. You just never knew what you were gonna get. But let's take a look at these cards in and of themselves, okay? Uh, a card, these cards would be exactly the same size. They'd be made of the same material, the same type of paper or card stock. They'd have approximately the same amount of ink on them. Maybe the picture of the individual baseball player was, you know, different poses and things like that. But for the most part, they were the same size. You were looking at them from a similar angle. They were wearing similar gear, except I'd be wearing, uh, you know, a Jersey from the New York, um, uh, Yankees, if that's, you know, my team, but, uh, you know, where someone else would be wearing the, the A's or something, but all in all, these things are very similar, right? If you just want to look at them at their base components and how they're designed. So where does the value come from if it's really just paper and ink with a little bit of information on it? Is it the, the difference in the information? Kind of, but it's really more about how the people who care about baseball. So this is already a group of people that's smaller than everybody on the planet, right? It's mostly just Americans and some Japanese um, that are really into the game. So you've just reduced the number of people that care about this paper. And then it it comes down to what team you follow. So maybe where you're from, maybe where you were born. Um, Those are often reasons why people would like one team over another. And then the, I guess, how good the people are uh, that the cards are for. So, you know, is it an all-star or is it just someone who, who, you know, isn't very good. Is it someone who is super famous or just starting out? Like these are the ways that we would, that that different people value different stuff. And of course I might value someone who's on the Yankees because I love the Yankees and it doesn't matter, you know, so I I may want to buy a card of a certain Yankee to fill out my team roster from a certain year where I have the 35 different cards that, that, you know, that last 35th card would be of a higher value to me because it would be rounding out something that I care to have as a collector, a full collection, right? So I may pay a premium for that at the end of the process where if I got that guy at the beginning, the first card, maybe it's not that important to me. And so when we talk about um, non-fungibility, it's this idea that if I go try to talk to someone who hates baseball and try to to give them a card so that they can fill my tank uh, of my vehicle with gasoline, they're just going to laugh in my face and say, "Get out of here, buddy!" All right, it is not fungible. That's what fungibility means: is that I could use this thing universally. Uh, that's why money is considered, um, uh, like the uh, U.S. dollar, is is something that is fungible. My U.S. dollar that I have in my pocket, my one dollar bill, has the same exact value and use as the one dollar bill you have in your pocket. Okay, so. That, that's one way to look at this non-fungible token. There is value there, but it's not, a, it's not, you know, each baseball card is going to have a different value. That's probably the easiest, simplest description that I can give. Now, one thing that we have in uh, digital non-fungible tokens is added, added to that complexity is uh, terms of use in, in described in a contract Using um, programming. Okay. It doesn't matter what the language is or whatever, but it's, it's given a certain, um, given certain, um, parameters at the beginning, there could be different uses for something later on. So let's say I buy an image. I'm going to use one of those apes again, because it's, it's, uh, kind of what a lot of people have seen in the news that board ape yacht club was a series of digital art nfts ten thousand of them that are very similar to these baseball cards they're apes in different poses and different hats and eyeballs and different smiles and et cetera et cetera et cetera right okay so um each one of those may have a different value because they have different traits that might be have a different um uh different levels of being rare uh or maybe some are just cool and a number of people (laughs) i don't know maybe the red images are all more uh sought after than the ones with green backgrounds i don't know but so they may all have slightly different values like one card does not equal another card necessarily but what's really really cool here is that with the digital a contract that kind of can back these things up. It really is the sky's the limit as to what what you can do with it. So imagine that the um, <clears throat> I don't own just the image, but what if I own a the capability to license that image for other people to use? So I bought if I bought an NFT, you know, the artist might have a, a split a portion of that right, but I as the owner of the quote, card, might also be able to do that. So let's say I want to create a series of t-shirts with that same image on it. Normally that goes to a copyright holder. Well, here here we have this ability to split copyright or split rights um, on how you can use that image. So maybe I can use it to make t-shirts or other types of visual static art. But what about animation? What if I wanted to have this character show up in a Scooby-Doo cartoon. Well, that would be cool if maybe I had the rights to negotiate that with uh, the makers of Scooby-Doo and my board Ape could show up on one of their episodes and I could get paid for that licensed right. And maybe the artist could too, right? So not only are there different types of rights that you can delineate, but these contracts describe how they are are split between different um, rights owners. It's pretty freaking amazing. And then you could see how um, NFTs, multiple NFTs together could also have expanding rights. So um, it's like a synergistic effect where if I owned three or four of these apes, um, maybe something else would unlock because I've I've amassed the uh, ownership of all of these. Now, I know we're kind of getting into the weeds here, and it's probably easier to show some of this on on video, but I think you're getting the idea here. Why there's especially so much value in the digital representation of, of these, um, um, what are seemingly simple pieces of art. I mean, they may be really, really cool art, but there's so much else that can go along with this ownership. And the deal with the blockchain is that, <clears throat> number one, we can always look and see who actually has true ownership of this because the blockchain uh, cannot be hacked in in that way. It's not just some piece of paper that is sitting in someone's office filed away. Um, in some ways, it's like, a, let's say, a, a house, a deed to a house gets filed with... Uh, the local authority, you know, a county usually. And you can look this stuff up and and everything, but uh, there's still paperwork flying around and all of that. This, This is moving towards true digital representation of ownership. So let's say that I sell my Bored Ape NFT to somebody else. There's still a history that I owned it for a portion of time. And so I could still be you know, making money off of t-shirt sales because I was the one that owned the NFT at the time that uh that that um agreement was struck with the company that's printing the t-shirts, so I could still be making money off of that while someone else now gets the future rights of how you would use uh that that NFT. So it's pretty neat because all of that is transparent on the blockchain in that It's easy to look up when things happened um, for all time, for a given creation. Uh, That's the beauty of the blockchain and having this ledger that uh, is immutable, that cannot be uh, destroyed or changed after the fact. Uh, The blockchain does not lie, would be a good quote, I think. So I've rambled a lot on what an NFT is, but simply put, it's Something that has value, but the value can change over time, and it really depends on the group of people and what value they put on it. It's, you know, money is kind of that way, but like I said, my baseball card of Ken Griffey Jr. from, you know, his rookie year might be valuable on the market, but only to the people who would care to buy that card. And more often than not, I'm not going to be able to go um, uh, buy an appliance at uh, Home Depot using that card, nor using that card um, as, uh, as, um, what is that term? Darn. Uh, collateral. That's the word I'm looking for you would not be able to use that card as collateral and say, oh, well, this is worth $1,000. So give me $1,000 credit here at Home Depot so I can buy myself a a refrigerator. Just doesn't really work that way. But with NFTs, believe it or not, there are new technologies coming out where I could, in fact, leverage the value or at least a percentage of that value and allow me to get access to funds based on um this digital ownership of this very odd non-fungible token so that is my rambling tiny little podcast on nfts i will probably refine this and be putting out uh more clear information certainly as i start building courses uh to help artists understand how to leverage uh, this new world of blockchain, NFT, smart contracts to be able to, to really build their audiences and be able to, you know, quit their day jobs and actually have a, a beautiful career um, making their art and uh, having a lot more control than they currently have over that now. That's the goal. And, um, but uh, I'm using this podcast in many ways to refine these ideas, to help explore these ideas. I am imagining that I have another person sitting across from me uh, on the couch here of my little podcast, Imaginarium, and uh, what kind of questions that person would ask. And uh, it almost sounds as if I've been um, smoking something funny and having one of these rambling conversations with said artist Uh, I'm not doing that, I promise you, when I'm recording these in my car, but I cannot promise you that if I am recording this elsewhere. Um, I try to be at least somewhat safe. Okay, we're done with my rambling podcast for the day. Hopefully, this was of some value. Like I said at the beginning of this podcast, even if you, um, uh, you are an expert at NFTs and blockchain and you're listening to this, Um, I still would love for you to share this podcast with a newbie out there who might not have any idea what blockchain, cryptocurrency, NFTs, smart contracts, any of those terms actually mean. Uh, I really want to get this information out to everybody I possibly can. I want to impact as many lives as possible, and I'd love your help doing that. Until next time, adios from some road, Austin, Texas. You are a phenom. A phenom artist, creator, maker, musician, painter, sculptor, writer, storyteller. But most of all, you are a phenomenal human being because I know you conquer fear. You defy age and bridge divides. You connect hearts and bring joy. You grow with purpose to heal your community and you embrace who all of us are becoming. Please subscribe to this podcast or channel to accelerate your success. And please share this episode with three friends who you know deserve a phenomenal future just like you.